0: Welcome to the Wrong Advice podcast. I'm your host John Paciuto and I'm super excited to have creator James Wolfe on the line with us today. James, how's it going, buddy?
1: I'm good, John. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing really well, man. Really well. Super excited to have you on the line today. Uh, it's kind of funny how we know each other. Uh, you know, your cousin and I are really good friends. Uh, did the Instagram game, came across your incredible artwork, and uh, and here we are today. So super glad to uh, to have you on the podcast
1: it's really the smallest world and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to meet you finally.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, let's get started on the, on the creator artist world. Um, obviously you and I are both, Quote unquote photographers, and I, I am quoting an air because the work that you produce, uh, to say it is leaps and bounds ahead of anything that I've produced today would be an understatement. <laughs> but get no, me, get me inside your head a little bit. Um, where do you come up with your unique style? Um, what inspires you? Um, how did you get started? Let's uh, let's kind of go from there.
1: Well you know life is kind of a weird trajectory for everybody right and I think art when you really look at it through history through time it's always been I think humanity's way to connect with kind of a higher consciousness kind of an elevated state of being and you know we've seen it in you know religious relics and you know even today with you know with music and photography and painting and the last hundred years it's really been our way to connect to a higher source. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of like with that catharsis comes with this settling with who you are and where you are in this kind of collective subconscious shadow. And I think when you start to become really mindful of where you are and kind of seeing that like, Oh, I'm in this kind of purgatory. That's really where that juicy art comes from. So that's why I love that you put the quotes around photographer because I think You know, I I write as well. I do. I I paint. um, Photography is one thing, and I think I told you. You know, the the label creator I think encapsulates a lot more of where my mind is because it's really this avenue for me to explore this kind of dark side Mm -hmm. as a form of catharsis, kind of going from purgatory to kind of an enlightenment. So,
0: absolutely, um,
1: for me, you know, the style it's really just kind of exploring every nook and cranny of the dark caves of my mind and it kind of always reveals a very different and weird thing. So I'm kind of glad I don't have a style and maybe that is the style.
0: I, I actually love that. Um, because just from like a visual, uh, perspective, um, your work ranges from, it's obviously being an audio medium is, is not <laughs> necessarily the best place to have a visual conversation. Uh, but your artwork is just so, uh, emphatic so uh emotion gathering um it really just really it, it ranges in so many different levels that it's like kind of hard to pin down and, and not, that's why i think uh, i kind of agree with you from from a creator perspective um what was the first thing that you picked up you mentioned writing photography artist um what was kind of the first thing that kind of piqued your interest i guess at a young age or you know whenever in your 20s whenever you started uh, down this path
1: well, I think it's, it's so funny that, you know, we, we touch on this part because um, when I was a very little kid, I, uh, I drew a lot. And yeah. I think, you know, the, the modern societal constructs, at least in America, is like get into a good college, get a good job. Yep. Right? It's very kind of planned lifestyle, not this explore who you are, what you are, your connection to source, your connection to this planet and like and really expounding on kind of natural gifts. So, as soon as my parents realized that I was big and I was fast, they kind of pushed <laughs> away this artistic side and pushed me into sports. And yeah. that completely ended this whole artistic expression. So, I ended up, you know, I, I played lacrosse at Notre Dame and I was, you know, I, I did that whole route. I had a nice finance job. But for a good 20 years, you know, there was this kind of blockage and it was kind of oozing into sports. I was a very poetic lacrosse player. I moved very well and it was kind of that was like my outlet, uh, my creative outlet and my artistic outlet on a field, which mm-hmm. is, I think a lot of, a lot of athletes can kind of, uh, attest to. Um, but in the, I don't want to call it the misery, but in the lostness of my first year out of college in, in that corporate you know job setting, I just, I just didn't know what the hell was going on, but I didn't know where to go. There was just kind of like this purgatory and, you know, Divine Intervention, that was the year that Sandy hit New York and just, like, obliterated that whole South Side. And I also started dating this uh, BFA student at NYU all within a week, and I got asked to be in a film. And this, like, all three of those things happened this week that just completely catapulted my mind out of this kind of loopy, you know, state of, of ignorance into, like, oh, there's something more. There, there's something else here. Uh-huh. And uh, that kind of began this spiraling up because that's that's kind of like the human essence is like you know we we run in these circles but that circle is only like a direct loop if we stay on the same track that we're on and the natural state of evolution we see it in dna we see it in, in all forms of chemistry it, it goes in spirals and so that began this kind of elevated loop out of like a former you know state of just blindness in my opinion and so i kind of like dove into acting a little bit mm-hmm. in New york which was a interesting thing um, and that took me out to LA uh, doing a few films and uh, where I, you know, I signed with a few agencies, a few managers and then I realized I had this, you know, kind of very good writing and communication ability so I started writing a lot and uh, I wanted to start creating films and so I got a camera in 2016, early 2016 mm-hmm. and I just started taking shots of things and I was just like, oh, that's a unique shape, that's a unique angle, that's a cool color that that contrast is interesting, and that kind of just began the foundation of this visual communication that really piqued my interest. And you know, mm-hmm. then all the people I knew, of course, were actors and artists, so I started taking some some headshots, which at the time were fun and cool. And then I was like, oh, this isn't really hitting that. And so this just natural progression, at least specifically for photography, uh, really led to an exploration of psychology, and mm-hmm. that's really what all this is about, I think, you know, and I think you can agree as a photographer, what you're seeing is really just kind of a mirror of where your mind is. What interests you is really just a giant billboard of of where your mind and how your mind sees that at that time. So, um, you know, and this is where these themes of duality and, you know, feminism and masculinity and and all this stuff is really kind of playing into naturally through my own growth. And uh, so, yeah, that's just, keeps keeps broadening and i think the final flowering of this uh at least creatively will be you know full-on feature filmmaking so that's that's kind of where i'm at now
0: that's amazing i think uh you definitely touched on something that i harp on a lot that i find super important and it's kind of like the the rat race that we get ourselves into sometime in high school where uh, your guidance counselor tells you you can go to this college you go to college they can tell you you could could be in this major and no one ever stops to ask you hey what are you interested in They're giving you your... Exactly. Yep. I think that's super important um, because similarly, very much so in the last four or five years is when I've started uh, really flexing my creative muscles that I didn't necessarily know were there because they were never uh, touched or or looked at uh, growing up.
1: And no one encouraged you to look into it.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I think that's right. super super important, and I, I think it's something that I try to harp on because I think one life lesson that you learn as you get older and you enter your 30s is it's never too late to do something that you uh, are passionate about, or uh, something that you want to explore within yourself. And uh, I think you know having another person who's you know 30, 31 years old um, talking about how they left the beaten path, so to speak, to go forged on their own uh, is super super important. Um, Absolutely. From a photography perspective, um, talk to me about your process a little bit because obviously some of the most recent images you have are uh, very honey oriented but explain to me how you get uh, whether it's a person or a, a place um, a tree whatever it is that you're you're you know focusing on for that particular shoot um, how do you get it in front of you and how do you translate that image or that thought process in your mind onto? you know, Instagram or, or a photograph or, or a print or something. What What's that like uh, process look like? Right.
1: Right. Um, I think the first thing I'm going to say about this is that, you know, when we're little kind of piggybacking off your last last thing, when we're little, you know, we all are, are quote unquote geniuses. Like genius is the state of imagination and creativity. And, you know, we all have that and, and structured schooling and, and education just systematically eradicate that throughout time up until college. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like re-accessing that kind of natural state of of quote, unquote genius through creativity. And I think that's almost the, the paradox of, of an artist is that we think that genius is something that we plan even throughout like each shoot. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm really settling in with this idea that these ideas just kind of spontaneously download like i don't really plan any of this stuff like i don't plan my shoots really i don't really plan the editing process like every every visual that's kind of its own little art piece that i have no idea what's going to happen even before i shoot it let alone when i'm looking at all the raw images afterwards Mm -hmm. you know even within that set of those honey shots like every photo is just totally different looking even though if you were on set it just all looks like it would be part of the same set Right. So I think that's what's quite interesting. I think I try to facilitate the openness to that within the shoot. You know, I have a lot of people ask me the very question you just asked, you know, what's your process like? What's like, how do you set everything up? Because people, you know, whether they want to emulate it or not, or they want to, like, find out their own process. Everyone's looking for that tip or trick. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the tantino response is like, you know, I didn't go to school. I didn't do anything. And that's like why I'm so good. And there's a lot of that, you know, you have to kind of find that unique portal into like your own higher consciousness of how you see art. And so the things that I can control, you know, if there's like a general theme that I find will be interesting, I tend to go for like what I think will be the darker stuff because I can pull so much out of that in different directions with editing and and, uh, even themes within the shoot. So the honey you know I, a lot of people have done honey shoots right it's like very beautiful it's very kind of like angelic very feminine looking mm-hmm. and i was like okay how can i look at this and just go like one eight right there's there's one way to do this there's a second way to do this and those two ways are pretty much how everyone looks at everything to do yep so i really like to look at like what's that third door what's that fourth door you know how can i look at this and deliberately you know twist this inside out to uncover this gem and this little like gold nugget that no one would expect and no one would even I wouldn't expect and like in seeing it, it's almost a surprise to me and so in that moment it's like I don't even it's not even me it's like coming through me and I see this is like cool this wasn't even my thought. like I did not even plan this and this is looking like the most guttural disturbing thing that I personally have seen in a minute and it's coming out of my lens and out of my hands on this on this uh, Photoshop program mm-hmm. so <sighs> I, I wish there was like an algorithm. I wish there was an equation that made sense, but it, it's really, I would say like train your mind to think so like, so oppositely of how like the collective thinks. Yep. And so, uh, yeah. And whether it's, you know, a voluptuous gal or a very fit, skinny gal, or this, a man, like a very masculine man that knows how to move with feminine grace or, you know, or a beautiful female that like really has this very masculine energy. I like these senses of duality that's mm-hmm. that's the big theme in all everything that I write everything that I produce with my camera anything you know anything I do artistically or creatively I love this sense of kind of the snake eating its tail in in that sense of duality how are, how are you playing with this thing that everyone sees but underneath that underneath that layer it's really quite the opposite of what you'd expect
0: I love that answer. I, I would say it's one of the reasons why I was initially drawn to your work, because um, I, I think it's so easy in a uh, social media driven world to try to go along with the trends. And, you know, obviously, people post naked photos of women all the time, and they're going to gather a big audience. And or, you know, you know, scantily clad men, etc. doesn't necessarily have to be women. But I think that there is a a, a tone of art in your work that pushes beyond the subject that I think uh, really differentiates yourself from anybody else that I that I follow out there And uh, the reason why I say that is because I, I think at times a lot of the own work that I produce is more standard more black and white more very um, cookie cutter and uh, you know you mentioned not necessarily having an idea of what you're gonna do when you're gonna do it and I'm, I'm very much similar in that regard um, but I think every time you consume someone else's work, like a little bit of it gets imprinted on you as an artist. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So in that vein, what, you know, photographers or artists have influenced you or your personal style? Because I I do look at your work as, as one of one, incredibly unique.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. Um, You know, you, you, the process where either where you've started or you currently are, or maybe you're kind of transcending from, you know, I was very much there for the the very you know the bulk of my my time behind the camera right i was you know dealing with headshots, and i got into fashion a little bit it was very um other oriented Mm -hmm. it was very much like oh i'm capturing this person and you know especially out in la when uh where i was when i first got the camera you know you're just you're trying to shoot the model you're trying to shoot the influencer you're trying to like capture someone else and then all the the artists the photographers the painters end up just trying to tailor their work to fit what the influencer, the model may want, so mm-hmm. it becomes all about the subject and not about the artist. And when you look at art throughout time and history, it's really been about the artist. And so my stuff went from pretty black and white to, uh, you know, if you look at my stuff, there's really not a lot of faces in it mm-hmm. in a lot of the recent photos, except for the one that I posted today, of course. <laughs> but uh, but a lot of the stuff isn't about the other person, right? Like it's all a mirror of where we currently are and I, so I think it went from my appreciation to um, you know people like like Bruce Weber like uh, like Lindbergh, like uh, Russell James, you know these people that are just so great at capturing the human emotion in some other human to mm-hmm. so more of an artistic kind of painterly style like Dolly where you're capturing someone's like you're capturing the essence of the artist kind of like as a on a billboard of someone else's body or emotion so it's more of that marriage between like where my mind is on someone else's body so like the subject has is less to do with the actual person and you know sometimes i wonder like do people even want to shoot with me it's becoming less and less about them Mm -hmm. which is an interesting kind of you know fork in the road in modern photography because you know everyone wants their fame everyone wants to be famous everyone wants to be the influencer they just want content 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 a lot of my stuff isn't about them at all so but they love the art so there's like kind of this polarity between where i am and you know where i want to go where i've been so i'm, I'm in this interest it's just this ongoing kind of you know traversing across this this long valley right?
0: sure it's the struggle One of, of things, yeah. wanting like so for me obviously I, I I'm extraordinarily guilty of at times putting much too fo- much too much of a focus on the number of followers that I have, the number of likes that I get, the number of prints that totally. I sell. And totally. you get trapped in this uh, self-fulfilling dread of I'm not doing enough. <laughs> my shit's not good right. enough. And it's total bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> really? It takes a while to learn that, though. <laughs> you got to yeah. break the, yeah. the social media. Uh, stranglehold that it has on us because, you know, it, it's an unfortunate truth that, you know, there are some modeling agencies that won't work with you if you don't have X number of followers. And there's some brands who won't let you shoot for them if you don't have X number of followers. Um, right. And that's just lame, you know, but that, that's a, topic for a whole nother, uh, that's a
1: high you know, you could talk about that for hours, hours, you really could. Com- you
0: really com- could. completely. Um, but back to your work, what is it that, you, you know, because like I said, your, 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 your art is so emotive and it's so, uh, drawing in and it, and it really sucks you in from like a visual perspective, but Do you go from shoot to shoot or image to image trying to elicit some sort of emotion or some sort of story? Are you trying to tell something different each time? You you mentioned like kind of like a dark place. Is there something that you're cohesively or subconsciously trying to to talk about?
1: You know, I think that's been one of the blessings in my life is not only the recognition, but the absolute comfort within those dark waters of my soul. And I think that's what a lot of society and general humanity really tries to like run away from. But when you understand that like, that's part of the yin yang of existence, you know, as above, so below, like you can't really exist in, in enlightenment and in clarity and happiness without at least the understanding of unhappiness of struggle of chaos. And mm-hmm. so I tend to enjoy this notion that I exist in the structured chaos because that's both where I can, swim and find those gold nuggets that are like deep down in that in that like in that sh- in that mine shaft of chaos in order to bring it up to show people like of the beauty of that and i think that's that's like possibly one of my gifts as a, as a human being is that i can really go down there mm-hmm. and not get totally fucked up <laughs> when i come back up like i can still come back up and, and breathe with ease and, and show them that, like this is this is the nugget of growth. This is the nugget of of chaos from which we can grow and and reach that happiness. Um, I don't know if I go into it with that plan, but I, I go into it knowing this about myself subconsciously. So, you know, and that's the beauty of life. Like, you know, every day is so different. Every week is so different. I'm really leaning into the fact that everyone that comes into my life is coming into my life for a reason. And they're exposing, they're like shining a new light on like a weird dark corner of my cave that has not been revealed to me yet. And so this is a constant process for me, which is again, the beauty of, of photography and art is that now you have this outlet for that. So like, this is just a nonstop process for me. And I really don't even take advantage of it enough artistically because I, I could probably do three shoots a week. Mm-hmm. just based on the new stuff that's popping into my head that I'm learning about myself and the world around me. And again, that's why photography is such a, an interesting psychological journey for me um, is that I get to play with these things that I'm learning about myself in a kind of safe space. And that's where this is kind of like a process of learning. Like if this is how I'm integrating this stuff into myself, which is only kind of expanding my own soul and consciousness. Um, so the, I don't even know, like tomorrow, you know, I might meet someone that, you know, triggers some deep trauma within me that I didn't even, con- or happiness, like, that right? <laughs> will give me plenty of source for, for like, you know, the next 10 shoots if I wanted. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that.
0: I was going to say, uh, or happiness, obviously it doesn't have to all be bad because you do have some beautiful imagery. <laughs> it's not all.
1: Oh, uh, for sure. You no, know. but that's it. It's, it's that duality of it. Like there's this. You know, the angelic stuff where someone's standing on top of a, of a cliff with a halo over their head. Yeah. And you that, know, she's kind I, of like the total photo. embodiment.
0: Yeah. I, I love Sorry? That. that. That's a very, uh, very lovely image. I, I'm a, I was a big yeah. fan of that one. That was only a couple Thank of weeks you. ago, I think. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: What, how do you, you, mentioned Photoshop and, and, and obviously I was surprised to learn a while back that you shoot mostly digital um, how do you feel that the technology that you use, whether it's your camera, whether it's, you know, an editing software, how does that process factor into you as an artist and how much of do you, of what you, uh, produce comes, you know, before you even press the shutter button?
1: Right, right. Um, this is the interesting kind of course that my, my creative brain is going on. What I'm coming up with in my head now, just like if I were to sit down and be creative and think of something, is just so far beyond my technical abilities now. And that's, that's cool. uh, I like that. And I'm being, I, it, it's cool to think about for a second, but it gets annoying. <laughs> and then I'm, then I'm like a lazy asshole because there's so much I don't know yeah. that I know I don't know about, especially about the digital world. And I'm like getting so fascinated by this real, you know, I, maybe it's a reemergence, but this total emergence of surrealism art right now, digitally, it's mm-hmm. so cool. Up NFTs like,
0: and such, yeah,
1: yeah. But like even like the surreal art stuff, like the weird stuff where you know someone's face is removed and like some weird animals coming out of it. Like a lot of this kind of dolly inspired. You know, digital photography that's, that's happening right now. And that's, I'm like very drawn to that, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, <laughs> this composite style photography after the fact is not a skill that I'm great at. I've been like playing a little bit with it, you know, with maybe sky implants and like that kind of layering. But mm-hmm. that's, that's the stuff like that really speaks more to a lot of the guttural, um, creative imagery I have in my head that I just, I don't even know how to like do that on digital. And, uh, so there's there's a lot of stuff that you kind of explore as you're going. Like you know, there's there's a couple cool things you have on Photoshop. You know, like twisting and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, have to be honest with you, my my technical skill within Photoshop is pretty limited. And M- uh, mine as well. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I I can I'm like a master of color, but a lot of like a lot of the compositing stuff I would love to get so much better with. Sure. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, one of my favorite photos of yours, uh, I I don't know if it, I'm I'm assuming it wasn't film. It was like a very vintage inspired film. It was like a woman maybe wearing a blonde wig or uh, maybe she's just a blonde. It's kind of just like a very, very close-up image of her face, Um, if you you know the one I'm talking about. I do know what
1: you're talking about. That's a great shot.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, As a documentary photographer, I would consider myself a street photographer and I'm mostly um, portrait-based. I find that image to be just really, really beautiful. Um, How do you think – you got to where you are today, um, and and your ever evolving style. And where do you see it in the next few years? You know, you mentioned you want to do feature films. Um, what does the progression going from James Wolfe on April seventh to, you know, James Wolfe in twenty
1: twenty five? Well, to give you a little little background on that shot, that was Halloween two thousand sixteen. Oh wow! End of two thousand sixteen. It was my friend Jess's. Halloween party in downtown LA. Uh, I had pretty much just gotten the camera and it was a very cool dress up, you know, dress up theme Halloween party. And, uh, she was not a natural blonde. She, uh, that was a wig indeed. And this was when I didn't know anything about, I didn't know what ISO was. Like I really didn't know anything about anything. So I had the, uh, I had ISO at such a high uh, number to combat the darkness mm-hmm. that it just already had this kind of granny feel to it. I've never actually never shot f- film before in my life. Oh really? So like, like none of the photo, and, but I was gifted this beautiful M4, this black vintage M4 oh, by a good friend, my friend, that I, it's just sitting on my, on one of my, my counters over here, you know, <laughs> and just not being used. And I, and I feel bad because I just know I'm just, I'm way more drawn to that kind of visual, um, Tonality mm-hmm. of film and the digital. And obviously, as you've seen, I kind of edit a lot of my stuff to kind of fit that look sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I just know that, like, the second I actually start using this film camera, like, my, my mind will completely change about <laughs> using digital. So yeah. when that day comes, it'll be fun.
0: Uh, so, anyway, uh,
1: to answer your question a little bit more, um, the next, uh, I'm, I'm so inspired by, like, the guttural stories of, like, and I love witnessing people notice their own like hellish state, like their sense of purgatory and kind of elevating into this place of catharsis, which I've kind of already bought up a few times. So I, I, I'm a total storyteller. I have a lot of really interesting stories in my mind. I've already, you know, written a couple scripts and there's one, um, in pre -pre pre-production right now that I'm really getting off the ground with my partner. And, uh, like, that's, that's where it's going. Like, uh, uh, you kind of can, can see the progression, you know, in photography to film. Like, I want every scene to be this own beautiful film in itself with every shot being mm-hmm. its own beautiful visual. So it really and its own story. Action. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, that's, that's where that's going next for me. But I think there's like, you know, there's this hobby element of photography that will never go away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I I do shoot mostly film. I um, I I I have a like M6. I have a Hasselblad 500cm. Um, yeah. If I could economically shoot film all the time, I would. It's obviously super expensive, <laughs> and uh, you know sometimes when you're working with an influencer or a brand, they want the digital anyway. Um, totally. But I think if you load up a roll of portrait in your M4, you'll uh, you'll catch the bug pretty oh, pretty quickly. I, w- I would have a hell of a time, John. I would have. A, <laughs> I know,
1: and I know I would. That's the thing, and. I'm and the way I shoot anyway, I, I don't just take a million photos. Like, I, yeah. I, I shoot like I have a film camera. Like, yeah, I take a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one day, I'll, I'll, I'll not be an idiot and just start shooting.
0: That good, thing. good. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as of today, what would you say you're most proud of? What's your greatest accomplishment well, no, from an art perspective, from a life perspective?
1: Damn, damn. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of cool things in my life i will i will say that without haste and i will say that quickly and that's all cool i would say the thing i'm most proud of um is oh, damn i would say understanding the alignment that we like all have with each other that's that's been i've really kind of nurtured and grown this almost x-ray vision that I have in really seeing the architecture of relationships around people. And this was kind of one of those like blurry skills where you're just like, oh, I don't really, you know, you can see how everyone fits into different things. And from a creative standpoint, I started to realize like, oh, this is gonna be the foundation on which I build massive artistic communities and, you know, these self-sustaining uh, permaculture farms and you know these uh, this is something else that i'm sure we'll talk about this idea of elevate that i have which is really just going to be this network of of um artist communities and re-education like just a complete change communities and societies around the world hopefully but understanding you know being able to essentially smell someone's entire energy and seeing like their higher self like that is such a fulfilling gift that i'm currently nurturing that i feel really pumped about that is really starting to really take off a lot more in my later 20s and now very, very early 30s. I love
0: love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's something
1: that's not really like given to me by other people, you know, because I don't really, you know, there is that part of me that wants the validation, but you know, the part of me that removes that ego and just sees like, cool, like, what is this thing that I could be really proud of? Like, this will be the foundation on which like a lot of whatever success I have will be, will be built
0: upon I like that. You, you also mentioned two important things, validation and ego, which brings me uh, to my next question. Um, as, you know, I, I consider myself a photographer as, and as an artist. Um, I struggle a lot with confidence in my work. Um, I struggle with being able to upload an image or a photo or something that I've done and not be worried about the perception of it, um, whether it's well-received or not. Um, what would you say gives you confidence in your work, in your writing? Um, what what makes James Wolfe, James
1: Wolfe? Just the unadulterated sense of self, you know, like it is our duty on this planet during this life to be like, holy you, like your individual style is something that nobody else can possibly tap into. Like that is, that is the hidden ironic beauty of the individual that plays into the collective growth that the collective somehow doesn't really want you to know, right? Like we, we live in a society of like factory working, right? Very post post post-prussian industrialist style society, right? Everyone goes to school and the same thing. We just, we just talked about a little bit before you're grooming, you know, we're grooming our kids to basically detach from their individuality, but it's that very sense of individuality that's gonna really do what we all want to express ourselves in such a beautiful way to help grow this collective in a way of actual compassion and actual you know evolution so i think just constantly being aware that whatever you do is this personal journey of your like very specific style mm-hmm. and i and i say that word very loosely right it's like even the way you hold your head up even the way like your arms kind of like move back and forth when you walk this extends to everything. And, you know, and that's kind of the danger of things like Instagram. And again, another thing we kind of talked about that we could talk about for another hour and a half mm-hmm. is that photographers are all trying to like kind of copy each other so that we can hit up the model or hit up the, you know, the influencer to show them something that, you know, they'll be like, cool. Yeah. I like this because it looks a lot like what I already have. So now, yeah all these artists are grooming themselves to essentially all look like sheep together. Yep. And that's doing the very opposite. And of course, you know, doing that, like you, you might get the occasional, you know, gig, you might get the occasional shoot, but you don't really feel fulfilled because you're just like copying someone else's junk usually. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not being expressed in a way that shows like your unique style and you don't even know what that is yet. And you won't because you're so busy trying to live out someone else's style. Yeah, so I think like that—that that confidence and the ego—it just you almost have to like kind of fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And your own style will just naturally emerge as you sit with the fact that you are different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it a it's a digi-
0: it's a digital form of keeping up with the Joneses. Yes, that, yes. Is, that is that is the best way I describe it. It is, you know. It's exhausting, it's pointless, it is, you know, a honey trap, but at the end of the day, it is uh unfortunately the nature of the world that we live in. Um yeah. are you currently in love?
1: I am currently in love. I uh I met my twin flame and I will I will say this so confidently because when you hear about this stuff, you're always like, Yeah, right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah, that's not even a thing. Um a couple months ago. And it has been the most remarkable and rewarding journey. And and I I met her in the middle of December and it's just like my life has changed tenfold since then.
0: It's amazing. I love that. She's just the most incredible human being on earth. We've, uh, we've talked a lot about spirituality and, uh, you know, duality. Um, what are your thoughts on an afterlife? Why are we here, James?
1: (sighs) I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in the idea of afterlife. Mm -hmm. I think that life as we know it, is actually death, and that it is the journey of remembering our souls. And that is why we're in this life, is to come into contact with these people that bring about these sources of opposition or these triggering things that help us become mindful of our shadow states and help us, you know, become aware of these and kind of elevate above them. And in that process, right, our, our soul kind of keeps growing and, I, and it just keeps coming life and life again until, you know, we get closer and closer to this this entity of source, which ends up really just kind of pulling everything back into this one main source of consciousness. And I think, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe some people will understand this. Maybe some people, you know, will just think this is total blasphemy, but <laughs> I think there is no sense of afterlife and that like this is death and like that our soul's existence outside of 3d realm is when we're the most ourselves and we come to this life to interact with the people to like re-remember who we are and what we are to rediscover our genius to re you know figure out who we are and our gifts that we can bring to everyone and it just keeps happening again and again
0: i really like that that's a, cool that's a very interesting take sort of as if we are currently living in purgatory right
1: yeah and this like journey to catharsis is like the 3d life's purpose because oh. we just I mean you know how do you know you know have you ever met people you, oh, I totally know you like I totally felt familiarity with you right like mm-hmm. I think you know life is absolutely you know on these core fractals through existence and like that you know fractals and you know sacred geometry are a huge part of spirituality when you really start to dive more into that whole world you start to understand that you know the people everyone in your life is someone that's been on your fractal highway through the course of history and you know some people you just like have you know immediate you know whether it's an enemy a friend a mother you know, uh, a lover, whatever it is, like these are people that are coming into your life in this life to help. Build the wounds, the, the fractal love that you've been on, have incurred over existence all in an attempt and purpose to regenerate. And again, bring us back to this, this secure sense of source, from which we've kind of extended from over the course of millennia, millennia, millennia. So, uh, Yeah, like even you and I talking right now, like we've had existence together in in a fractal of time prior to this 3D life we were in. Everyone we meet, I think that's that's a super, super important thing that's given me a lot of solace and given me a lot of confidence through life is that everyone we meet is here for a, a reason to help us grow just as we are in their life to help them grow. And I think when you start to open your eyes to that, you start to see the alignment like everything starts to flow a lot more a lot more and like people like even it, it's easier to see this concept when things are good Oh, but sure. I think it's when <laughs> things are bad right? like this is like that's when it's the most important to keep this concept in mind because this is a triggering thing to kind of like latch open the wound that you have so you can be so mindful of it to again instead of being that predictive loop that you're on to start to spiral up and be mindful and aware of that and to heal yourself. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, we could again, talk for hours. I, I, uh,
0: I certainly agree wholeheartedly in a lot of what you had to say, because I do believe, and it's a lot easier to, like you said, to believe those things when you are in a good place and a good mental health, uh, headspace when you are in a, you know, a productive, happy environment. Um, but totally. for sure people come in and out of your life to teach you very specific lessons at very specific points in your life. I, I believe that, um, you know, fully, completely. Absolutely. Um, I feel like for the most of your life, you had a very linear, uh, you know, progression. You went to a good high school, you went to a good college, you got a good job out of college. Um, if I, if I'm a 20 something year old person listening to this podcast right now, and I'm about to be an investment banker or I'm about to be going into med school and I really want to be a painter or a a writer or whatever. Um, what a piece of advice do you give them to kind of take two steps back and start self actualizing what it is that they're actually wanting to do with their life and maybe just the smallest piece of advice for them uh to kind of do that.
1: Oh wow. I will give you a kind of a, a two in one. My my piece of advice 1A is that nothing I can say should change your life. <laughs> <laughs> nothing I right like don't Fair. really listen to anything Fair. I say and make it you. Do as um, I
0: don't do as I say, do as I do. <laughs> right, right.
1: With with that in mind, I would say, you know, we all are just hardwired to know the truth of everything about us. And that's something I've, I've been really learning. I spent my twenties explicitly experiencing so many weird freaking things in life (laughs) because of the linear trajectory I'd been on for the first 21 years of my life, Mm where I didn't even like know who I was. And that manifested in such, in so many weird things. And I I didn't know who I was. I was living out, the expectation that was set for me and it became so prominent that they became my own expectation. And that's what you see. A lot of people do like how many people are going to go work in finance? Like how do is everybody (laughs) like that, that, that's such a clear sign that like of just brainwashing at an early age in my opinion. And I was a total, I don't want to say a victim of it, but I wasn't awake enough to realize at the time that that was not for me, but I was miserable with it. So there was that disconnect but not enough to think that I had to change anything yet. Um, what I would say is, is is really lean into your gut. Like this thing doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. This thing knows. This thing has, you know, the, the, the blood memory that's in our bodies knows so much more than anything that we think we know in this life. And a lot of people don't listen to that enough. And they're they're so flooded, again, by the expectations set by others or society or whatever it is. And they don't listen to themselves. They don't listen to their own style. They don't listen to their own like heartbeat at all. And I think, you know, obviously there are circumstances of life that you know you may not be able to run away from, like financially. I, I get mm-hmm. it. I've been there. I've been poor as hell. I've had a lot of money. I've then not had a lot of money again and then went back to have money. I, I get the I get the roller coaster mm-hmm. that we can all be on. But when you start to realize the things you're afraid of, Like if you go after anything with fear, you might get what you desire, but it will be completely encased in fear, which will eventually erode what you did get. And I think that's a really tough thing for people to really get. It's like you have to go into things with the unabashed, like just trust that what you're doing is right. Mm -hmm. And that's like the big big leap of faith that a lot of people – just don't quite have the confidence to go into and there's this kind of paradoxical irony to it it's it's in the knowing that it will work out and you have to get to that point of knowing even though it's like you don't know yet but you just almost have to trick your mind to know that whatever it is that you want to do is going to work out and life just rewards people that, that think this boldly because it's not really bold it's it's hardwired in our dna to to create individuality, to give purpose to the collective. So Absolutely. people need to just trust that feel Like they're not feeling something about, you know, a finance job, like, yo, it's not for you. Yeah. Like it's just not for you. And you know, and that's not, you're not failing anyone by doing that. You're not failing yourself. Like what you're doing is bringing mindfulness to your life that's going to expand in the most beautiful ways. And like my life has been incredible in the last decade and so expansive, so open, so full of sight and vision because I've really leaned into this concept that, A, I don't know shit. <laughs> and B I'm so receptive to wanting to know my path and wanting to lean into my gifts. And I've just had like the most amazing, you know, early, like whole all twenties and even going into my thirties now, um, that I didn't have before because I was kind of living out other people's expectations. I think before that.
0: Yeah. I think you just touched on something that's crucially important. Um, that, a lot of people need to understand that you don't have to live anybody else's expected life for yourself other than you. And it we're so ingrained at such a young age to follow a certain path, to get a certain job that we don't ask ourselves the important questions. Um, and I'm, I'm, guilty of that myself i mean six or seven years ago i started writing online i wrote for places like elite daily and and did some stuff with That's cosmo cool. magazine and like i did all these really cool things but i never followed up on it i caught a lot of flack from my friends like oh dude you played football in high school why are you writing about relationships and love and shit like you're <laughs> you know and then you get that the imposter syndrome and then it was the same right. thing when i picked up a camera you know uh you're not a photographer what are you doing taking pictures who do you think you are but i think and, and, and you know, additionally with this podcast, but I think as you get older, the more things you do and the more things you try, you, you find those special feelings that you get from doing something that you're not going to get from going to work nine to five every day. And the same feeling good. I get when I take a beautiful picture with my camera is the feeling I get when I have these types of conversations on my podcast. And I think what you just said is crucially important and people need to take a second and and sit back and and realize that their life is up for them to live and they can do what they want with it
1: and it's their duty and oppor- i say more their opportunity to do that mm-hmm. they're doing themselves and the world an injustice by sticking to something that isn't for them
0: i i, I completely agree um you mentioned fear what's uh what's your biggest fear
1: Ooh, my biggest fear is kind of you know piggybacking a a little bit of what we've been talking about the timidity to really take these leaps the timidity in not believing what you secretly and and sincerely already know Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's 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 being guided by this kind of social current that that is not meant for you to really figure out who you are and you know i I spent more than half my life living that way. Of course, most of that early part of that first half, I was too young to really know anything, but um, yeah, but that, that contrast to when you release yourself from timidity, it's, it's like, it's unreal. Like the things that open up for you, the, the, the people you meet, the connections you make, the the opportunities you get. I, I think like the, my biggest fear is, is not ever fully trusting my, my, my inherent knowledge that we all have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and this, you know, this life we live is about remembering that. It's about remembering that we already freaking know everything we need to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? We already like this is all about getting these experiences to help us remember that. And uh, you know, when I have moments of kind of second guessing myself or like is this the right way? Like those are the most painful moments for me because I I understand from both a place of my future that I that I already exist in and where I currently am like that, 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 that fighting is, is it like crumbles me inside mm-hmm. because I know what I should be doing. And it's so loud and clear to me. But at the same time, I'm living in this, in this quote unquote current moment, which is really just a perpetually the past right? because we're just remembering it. And it's just, it's like, that's, it's total BS. It's such a waste of time and energy. And it really ends up impacting you in physical ways that are just like so ridiculous And it's, it's, it's a sad state when someone is constantly timid, you know, I, you'll get this with football who gets hurt more during a tackle, the guy who runs full speed, knowing he's going to like run this dude over or the guy who's like, kind of stops running a little bit when they get close and like clambers up. Yeah. Who gets hurt more?
0: The guy slows down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, that's like a great analogy for life. Is if you if you're timid and you're and you're kind of like you know sidestepping and guessing a little bit the whole way, like this this beautiful highway of life, you're just gonna get run over constantly, constantly, constantly. You're never gonna even know why you got ran over. You're just gonna constantly be on your ass.
0: Oof. I mean, you're you're talking my language. Uh... Big yeah. time. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's true, and I, I don't need to fluff you up with friends. It's you know I don't need to float anybody's ego or anything, but it's true because a lot of my greatest fears in life are associated with me not realizing my own potential and achieving right. the things that I've already set out for myself that I know I can achieve. But it's super easy right. to tell yourself to doubt yourself. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. And I, I think living your life more with uh, intentionality and going for the things you want is something that you do learn later in life. Unfortunately, I wish at 18, I knew to pick up a camera or a microphone,
1: <laughs> but these, these are the things, yeah,
0: these are the things obviously that you, uh, you learn later in life.
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, John, like the fact that you're even like, do you ever visualize a really cool project that you're doing for photography? Like the fact that you even thought of that is, that means that that's a potential reality that mm-hmm. already exists. Yeah. in the in the innumerable realities that are currently in existence so like that like when people really understand that any desire they have is a reality that exists it really kind of you know doesn't stop you from doing anything that that's what gives you that confidence that's what gives you you know that that push because you know that that can actually become a thing mm-hmm. and it actually is a thing and it's just kind of waiting for you to arrive I
0: agree. so yeah.
1: Like, yeah it's it's kind of beautiful when you start thinking that way.
0: I think it's it's again it's these are easy concepts to grasp onto and understand as you get older. A lot harder right. when you're young. And I think another thing that I've tried to do a lot with as I've you know entered my 30s uh, is letting go of regrets. Right, letting go of things that I harbor uh, pain from, whether it's a relationship, a job, uh, a failed X Y Z. Um, these are all things that you know are 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 born within time. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, like even what is regret now though? You know what I mean? Like everything we have talked about is this beautiful summation to where we've gotten to, right? So like that whole idea of regret, it seems to dissolve in itself.
0: It does. And, and again, I hate to say the same thing over and over again, but it's a time thing because in my twenties I could second guess myself to death. I could regret things for days, weeks, months, and years. And now, you know i mean i don't know how much of this is a post pandemic kind of a uh, feeling it's easy to let go of regret when you know you've lose Family members and loved ones and friends to, you know, life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think mm-hmm. as, you know, time goes on, it's easy for you to, to lose, uh, you know, the ability to regret. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I'd I like to say that I've finally reached a point in my life where I just don't give a fuck. I'm going to do the things that I want to <laughs> do. I'm serious. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of the most freeing, uh, you know, mental states I've ever been in because it's given me the confidence to pick up a camera. It's given me a, con- you know, the confidence confidence to pick up a microphone and start a podcast and, and look what you're doing, man, you're exactly. taking
1: great photos and you got a cool podcast. Like, Thank you. This is you you're, you're doing what you need to be doing and it's fun and it's rewarding and you're being rewarded for it.
0: I appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest piece of advice for someone that's hearing you talk for the first time on this podcast right now? Just anything. It could be literally anything, but what would be like one thing that you could go back and tell 20 year old James, uh, something that you would wish you knew?
1: You know, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and, you know, I had, I had a meditation session late last summer where I found myself sitting next to like five-year-old James and all I want, he was just looking up at me and like, you could tell he's just yearning for comfort, yearning for stability, yearning for this, like what I felt to be an understanding of the future. And all I wanted to do was literally tell him all the things that I could tell you right now about what I would tell all these people out there. Mm -hmm. And what I will say is that what I ended up doing was just giving him a hug and letting him know that he is safe and that he's heard and that he's recognized. And I think when people feel that way about themselves, the possibilities of their, of their success and their growth and their sense of self are just utterly endless so I think the biggest thing that's that I've been telling myself and that a lot of themes in my life have been pushing for me to do more of is self-recognition. Hmm. Understand who you are. Understand like the boundless potential of what you are and and understand like what a what a boss every one of you is because that's your individual contribution to this, to this life is is going to help everybody. And you need to be so self recognizing to understand your value in that. And I think like that's that would probably be the biggest one that I'm currently going through right now. That's that's really become my theme. It's just self recognition. You gotta like believe in yourself. Like we, you know, that's been a theme of this whole chat. Yeah, believe in yourself. Know I mean, your worth. Know your value. That and is I think a, that's something that everybody needs to know.
0: That is a uh, that's very beautifully beautifully put. Um, and I couldn't possibly agree with you anymore. Um, I like to finish up every episode of my podcast asking two questions. Um, you can kind of take your time on this one. The first one is, are you happy?
1: Mm. Yes, I am happy. I'm very happy.
0: Good. I'm glad to hear it. My second question (laughs) is. Um, what is one recommendation for anybody who's listening to you today? It could be a book, it could be a movie, it could be a podcast, TV show, whatever, something you've recently consumed, um, an artist, a gallery, literally anything. Um, what's one thing that you'd like re- to recommend to the people listening today that they go out and, uh, and check out?
1: Uh, I'll give you two. Great. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you a cool documentary and a book documentary, um, that my, my beautiful girlfriend recommended we actually watched it together. She was inspired by it, and it just, it spoke so openly Ooh. to how we both view our this connection.
0: James, I'm losing it's, you a little bit there, buddy.
1: Oh, did you lose me?
0: Yeah, I got you now. Go ahead. You're, you I lost you after a beautiful girlfriend. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, it just, the theme of this documentary about, uh, Hilma off Clint, who was this amazing artist, uh, the Swedish artist, and she was essentially able to channel, um, source messages through the process of artistic exploration. And I think, like that, the whole you know beginning of this conversation. Now we were talking about how creation of art is essentially our navigation into catharsis and connection to higher you know a higher self or higher consciousness. It's a super awesome documentary. Uh, it's called Beyond the Visible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I think every artist should watch it. Um, and it just really speaks to the, the connection that we have with art and how you can really utilize this to better ourselves and figure out like what our contribution to the world can be um, in, a, in a very subconscious, even like quantum field way. Mm-hmm. So that documentary, absolutely should watch. And then a really cool book. Um that I come back to every couple years I was introduced to a few years ago Um, it's written by richard rudd it's called gene keys and um kind of like dna gene keys Mm -hmm. But it's based on the ancient I ching and it's become my philosophical slash psychological bible And it just goes through all 64 hexagrams of like the archetypes of humanity through the shadow states the gifts in these cities and the enlightenments. And it's just such a beautiful way to really fully grasp like the entire human condition and how to navigate through the shadows of each of these archetypes that we all exist in hmm. and to kind of like elevate ourselves to exist within our individual gifts of what we can do for ourselves and the world around us. And it's so poetically written. It, it, it It's written in the exact same way that I like to write. And I like to, you know, read and and, and see things. And, uh, you know, everyone I've, I've recommended this to has found profound wisdom in it. And uh, it's definitely something that I think everyone should read.
0: Well, I'll definitely be adding that to my Amazon <laughs> cart like, as soon like. as we get off the line. <laughs> um, my recommendation will also be a book, um, uh, Just Kids by Patti Smith. I don't know if you've read it. Um, I stumbled across this book because I recently or not so recently watched the Maplethorpe documentary on HBO. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to, to see that.
1: I was just recommended to read this book too, my friend. Oh, so I guess okay. I had to. H- big, this big time recommend- relationship with Maplethorpe. right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's a beautiful yeah. book. Uh, Patty Smith, you know, I would say, it takes a certain mood for me to want to consume her, her music. I think it's, it, it, it's got days, right? Some days it, it really hits. And some days it's just like not my cup of tea. Um, the Sorry. book is beautiful. Um, the documentary Mabel Thorpe was also be, uh, beautiful. Um, and, uh, n- obviously in, in the vein of art and how he looked at his own promise as a producer of art and photography, um, it's It's nice to see uh, how two individuals who were as poor as poor could be uh, in a city that uh, was n- not very kind to uh, young poor. Uh, different people, (laughs) uh, really overcame a lot of challenges in life to be, you know, two tremendously successful, uh, human beings and, uh, not even just financially, just like just who they are as people. And, uh, Patty Smith is a fucking amazing human being period. Um, and I think you should read the book. You should definitely watch the documentary and, uh, that'll be my, uh, My recommendation for today. Done and done. Um, I love that. Dude, uh, that was a tremendous hour. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to having you on the pod again. I think we can probably go for a few hours (laughs) anytime.
1: We can. Whatever you want to do. I'm Uh, I'm so down to talk about all this stuff.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I'll link in the description below uh, your Instagram. Obviously, we'll all be on the lookout for that feature film that's coming out in the next couple years after you're done writing it. Uh, James. Uh, Mr. James Wolf, thanks for being on the podcast today. Really appreciated having you.
1: John, you're the best. I appreciate you. Next time I come East, I'm actually going to be in New York in, uh, in a couple of weeks, so maybe we can
0: link up. Absolutely. Sounds great.
1: All right, brother. Take care. Have a great day.
0: Take care.